Welcome to Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast with your hosts, Laura Katina and Amy Mara. This podcast was created for businesswomen in particular who are juggling pursuing their career, family life, and all of the things that come along with it. We know that building a career, running a business, and running your life can sometimes seem near impossible. In the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast, Laura and Amy are going to share their experience of building their own careers as female attorneys, raising a family, and their journey to maintain wellness through it all. With more than 25 years of combined experience practicing law and years of juggling business, family, and wellness, they are about to have some very real and honest discussions about what it takes to manage it all and share tips, tools, and truth about how they make it all work. So welcome back to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. Laura and I are really excited to be recording this episode this week. This is actually one of my favorite topics, and I'm so excited to share it with you all today. We want to talk to you about the vision of success that we all create for ourselves. Um, You know, oftentimes this could be something that starts when you are determining what career path you want to go on. Um, or when, you know, you first get into your first job, what it looks like for you to climb the corporate ladder or, you know, advance in your business or whatever it is that you envision for yourself as the definition of success. And obviously we're going to be talking about this in the context of our careers. And we want to just explain a little bit about how that vision of success that you have for your life can change over time. And Also, encouraging you to realize that you have to be okay with the fact that the vision of success will change, and you really have to accept that that change is inevitable. So I think the best way to really dive into this conversation today is to maybe share a little bit about both my experience and Laura's experience of what success initially looked like us as women that were going into a profession of law and what exactly it was that both of us had expected this career to bring us in terms of success. What was that pinnacle success mountain that we were going to reach, so to speak? So like Laura, if you could just start this off for us and explain how it was that you defined success when you were first starting, whether it be in law school or the decision that you, you know, started to want to become an attorney. So this topic is so great and it's so important. And one of the things you said, I think is so key is that your vision of success, it will change over time. Um, I have been practicing law for 19 years. And so my vision of success today is drastically different from what it was when I started practicing. I passed the bar exam in 2002, which seems like, oh my God, a lifetime ago. (laughs) And when I was 25 and passed the bar exam and so excited to start my first job, my vision of success was working for a big law firm um, having a long career there, becoming a partner. And that, that was what success looked like to me and what my goals were at 25. And as I started to go along in my career, 
that's what I was pursuing. And I got to that big firm and I was working the hours and I was working for five, six different partners at a time and um, handling a huge caseload and doing all the things that were important to me and that I thought were necessary to climb up that ladder to be a partner in a big firm. And then as I got a little bit older and started thinking about having kids and what I really wanted my future to look like, I looked around and said, you know, there were not a ton of of female partners. Um, And I thought to myself, how am I going to maintain this lifestyle and have babies at home? Um, I wasn't, you know, putting it out of the picture at that point, but um, it just started, my mindset started to shift. Like, is this actually what success looks like to me. So from there, I changed to a small, I moved to a smaller firm that was more local and closer to home. Uh, Amy and I are right outside New York City. So um, I live in a suburb outside New York. And so I moved to a firm that was close to my house. And my vision just started to change from there. I was there for a couple of years. And then when I had a baby, that's that's when everything changed for me. My success, my vision was no longer, you know, being a partner at a big firm. And that was the definition of success. My definition of success started to change to being able to practice law full time, but being around for my kids. I remember going into an interview for, I was interviewing for an in-house position at a company. And I will never forget this interview as long as I live. The woman interviewing me had a baby at home and she sat there telling me about how, you know, she gets home at nine o'clock every night and she has a nanny that takes care of her, her baby all the time. And I just remember sitting there thinking like, this is not for me. It, and it, this is like Amy and I, this is our experience, our opinions. Some women and some people that, that works for them and that's what their vision is. But for me, you know, that interview was like a key moment for me. I was like, wow, this is not, this is just not what I want for myself and, you know, my family in the future. So as I went along and had kids, I started to redefine what that looked like. And today, <laughs> Amy and I, you know, and Amy will speak, you know, about about how her vision has changed. But today, my vision of success is working for myself. And be perfect example, this morning, I, Amy, I didn't even tell you this. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as Matthew got on the bus, he was gone about 10 minutes. I got a phone call from him. Mom, I forgot my drums. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> so I hopped in the car, dropped off his drums at school. And, you know, but being here to do those things now, but also, you know, obviously building a full-time practice and still being able to serve my clients that's my vision of success and but it's it's so different from what it was 20 years ago how right. has it changed for you well i was going to say too that's your vision of success right now again right. because <laughs> you and i know that we even in the past you know 6 months that our firm has been in existence we have been changing our vision and our goals and everything and updating so it's you know again what you were saying about how other female attorneys, that might be the reality that they want. And that might be the partnership track that they want to follow. But at some point for both of us, it clicked in our minds that that is just not the vision that we are defining as success. Like that's not ours and that's totally okay. But I had a hard time with that. I I was just going to say, before I moved on to me, I wanted to know like when you had that realization because so oftentimes, and you know, I feel the same way, my identity 
was so wrapped up in my career and so yeah. wrapped up with being this attorney and, you know, people saying, oh, how you know, proud they are of the fact that I'm an attorney. And, you know, you get all of these external praise and, and all this stuff about just that title alone. So you marry yourself to that title and you've become so intertwined that it's so difficult to disconnect. So like when that definition of success changed for you, how, how was that unwinding process for you? It was really hard, really hard because right. I, my entire identity was wrapped up in my career. Um, and if, if I let myself, I could totally be a workaholic. And I have been in the past. I love working. I love my job. I love my clients. Like I just love, I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was in junior high school. So becoming an attorney was my dream. I made that happen and I love working. And when I had Matthew, my first baby, 11 years ago, that transition was tough because yeah. I was like dealing with the tug of war of like, you know, wanting to be in the office and handle my workload, but then I have a new baby at home and I don't want to just leave him all the time. So I felt guilty when I was at work. I felt guilty when I was home. I felt guilty that my, you know, I didn't necessarily care so much about like the quote unquote partnership track at that point in time. I just felt guilty 24 seven. So that change in my vision happened slowly, but it was a real struggle for me. Yeah. For me too, you know, a little background when I actually wanted to go to law school it was because I wanted to be a prosecutor and work for a district attorney's office, work for a prosecutor's office in New Jersey where I'm from. And so for me, when I graduated from law school, I was like on that track of that was what I wanted my career to be. And at the time I had been clerking or interning or working for the firm that both of us worked at. And it was all civil and commercial litigation. I did not have exposure to criminal law whatsoever. And after leaving law school and realizing the job market at the time and the opportunities that were really not available for the prosecutorial field for me, I decided to stay with the firm that I was with and was offered a position as an associate there. And, you know, one thing that I pretty much knew, um, you know, early on in college and in law school was that I did not want to be a number or like a, a like faceless employee in a really big firm. Like I thrive in smaller family-like community-like settings. That's how all of my jobs have ever been. I never wanted to work for a big company like that. Like I, there was something very attractive to me about working for like the small mom and pop. And when, you know, Laura said before, we both live outside of New York City. We are both in suburban towns and we worked in a firm that was outside of New York City. It's completely different than those really big white shoe firms or really, you know, large firms that are national and have multiple offices. But I really enjoyed it. And so when I was working at this firm, I actually started to really enjoy the practice of law in that setting. And I couldn't imagine myself going to a different, larger firm. I, I really never saw myself fitting in like that. Um, but very much so like Laura, you know, when I ended up getting married and having my first child, it all really changed for me because I wanted to be more present like my parents were present in my life. And I wanted to be present for 
anything, really. I wanted to be close in, in the event that there was something happening at my daughter's daycare and I needed to get there. I wanted to be home at a decent hour to be able to spend time with my husband and my daughter at the time, you know, enjoying dinner together and like playing with her. And I also wanted to be able to really you know, intentionally flip the switch off from work and not be married to my cell phone, to my emails, to everything until all hours of the night, because I really wanted to be a present mom. And I didn't realize that until you, I mean, like you said, kids change everything for you. (laughs) And, you know, that change in my mind, that shift in my mind helped me to redefine what a successful life looked like. Um, And that was trying to achieve it's not a balance. There's never really a balance. It's, it's a give and take of I'm, I'm present for my work life in one aspect of my day. And then I wanted to be present for my family life. And I wanted to be present on the weekends and I want to do things and not feel the constant stress and, you know, things held over my head when it came to work. So my vision for success was drastically changed by my family life situation. And it's still being changed. I mean, now too, the biggest transition and change I made in my life was going out in partnership with Laura and, you know, making that leap and doing it on our own terms. And that came at a time when I was eight and a half months pregnant. And here we are about six months later, and that is still changing for me, but it was literally the best decision that, that I could have made for myself because it's really in alignment with my vision for success for my life. Yeah. And, but it is such Did you struggle with that at all? Because I know for me, you know, and maybe it's just the environment that I started in, like those hours working at, you know, where at the big firm that I was at before I came, you know, closer to home, I loved that. Like I I thrived off of like, you know, working in the big office, like surrounded by a lot of people. We had a big team. I loved it. Uh, Now I can never imagine myself in that setting. That was many, many years ago, but I struggled with the fact, um, when, you know, I started to change what my vision was and when I had kids, am I going to be a lesser attorney because I'm not in the office all these hours and I'm not devoting, you know, 90% of my attention to my job. I have to find a better split. So I don't, I'm sure there are other women that out there that struggle with this issue of feeling like, you know, you're, you're lesser than other attorneys who may not have kids or, you know, whatever the situation might be, because you are working less hours and not devoting all of your attention to your job. Like I really struggled with that. I don't know if you had that issue also. Yeah, absolutely. But I think too, it all comes down to those limiting beliefs that we're telling ourselves. Like we compare ourselves to other people in the profession and say, well, what are they going to think of me? Right? Like, what are they going to say now that I've changed the model of my business or that, you know, I've taken the leap and gone into partnership elsewhere. Like what are they all going to think? And really at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And I think that's, that's the, that's the bottom line It is, oh gosh, Laura could tell you how many conversations she and I have had about this and how she's coached me and mentored me on this topic. Exactly. Like it does not matter if you are not happy. If you can't be in control of your happiness and your success because you're allowing everybody else's opinions or their, their definitions of success to dictate what your life is going to look like. You're, you're never going to continue to grow. You're never going to get to that pinnacle of success. You're never going to feel fulfilled because you're going to be on that hamster wheel. 
I would say that's step one of, you know, taking the next step, just accepting the fact that your vision of success can change, right? So when you become okay with that, then you can say, you have to have a real discussion with yourself. What, what does it look like for me right now? Because for us right now, it's, you know, we're running our uh, virtual firm. You know, we have kids that we're juggling, we're building our practice and, you know, but we're okay with that. And five years ago, I would never have been okay with, right. with where I am now. I, I would have been just stressing and nervous all the time because I was really just struggling with what my vision was. But now, you know, after all these years of refining and changing now and anything that I've mentored Amy on is just based upon lessons I've learned through my experience. So for anybody out there struggling with that issue, you really just need to sit down and say to yourself, like, realistically, what is my vision of what do I want for my life? Um, because you, at the end of the day, are the only one that can make that happen. And I think like we said in one of the first episodes, Amy and I, when we first you know, started our firm, we spoke with each other about what our vision was for the firm. Um, and you know, we talked to each other frequently about what our goals are. I know I, for myself, I look, I have quarterly goals, annual, quarterly, monthly, and weekly. So every week, um, and of course, sometimes some things happen, like when we're at a baseball tournament all weekend, I can't sit down on a Sunday and look at it. Um, but for the most part, weekly, I look at what my goals are for the week, where am I on track for my annual goals, and do I need to change them? Because um, they're always in flux. So I think that that's something really important. I know Amy loves goal setting and planning. So why don't you talk to everybody about how you plan for yourself? Yeah, I think um, one of the biggest measures of your success is being able to intentionally plan and map out what your success is going to look like. And, you know, hearkening back to the title of our podcast, the name of our podcast about being the CEO of your life and business, you have got to rein in that control that you have over your life in order to get yourself to the goals and the, the vision that you have. So for me, I love goal setting. I love making lofty goals. Obviously they're going to be reasonable and they're going to be, you know, broken down into tiny chunks, but I like making those goals and writing them down and then working towards them in order to reach those measures of success. You know, and the other thing I wanted to say too about this is that the the goals that you have, just like the vision of success you have, they can change. And I, and I, can't, I don't think we can stress the importance of this enough, is that being okay with the fact that they can change is so crucial, but you also have to realize that you are in control of every single step that you're taking. Like you really do have it in you to make every intentional, definite step towards the direction of the success that you want. And you really have to start believing that. And you have to remind yourself of that over time, consistently over and over again. Like Laura said, five years ago, if you told me that I was going to be my own, um, you know, a businesswoman and my own boss and a partner with Laura and having kids and juggling it all, I would have told you you were nuts <laughs> because I didn't believe it at the time. But over time, when I started to talk to myself about it and really start having these conversations of like where 
I think success is for me and how that ties into happiness and all the other aspects of my life. You know, those many hats that we wear that we talked about in a previous episode, it, you realize that you really are in control of it. Um, I think that that's hard, hardest for women in particular. Don't you agree? Yeah, because agree. we are, you know, so many women, especially of kids are pulled in a million different directions. Yeah. And if you are working full time or, you know, like us and many other women running your own business, um, it's hard. And so when you're constantly spinning around in circles and being pulled in, in all these different directions, it's hard to sit down and figure out like, okay, I have 10,000 things going on today. What are my yeah. goals? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you have to do that because if you don't, you know, there's always going to be somebody else, you know, pulling at your attention. There's always going to be something else you can take care of, something else that you can make a priority over yourself. If you do not make yourself your number one priority, you never will be. Right. Nobody else is going to do it for you. Um, yep. So part of that is, you know, sitting down and figuring out. Now, Amy and I, and at least for me, I have uh, business goals for our firm and I have personal goals. Um, and I think it's important to set those. One of my personal goals right now is to be more present with my kids when I'm with my kids because I have a tendency to be physically present um, in a situation, but my brain is still at my desk. My brain is still reading my emails and checking my text messages and all those other things I have to do for work. So um, I'm really trying to focus right now on being uh, present and intentional with them when I am actually with them. So that's a personal goal I've set for myself. I think it's so important to set both. And I'm sure you set both as well. Yeah. Every day, um, you know, I do a practice where I set down the 10 goals that I have for myself and they're a mix of personal and business. And I write them down. Um, it's a, it's a trick that was given to us, um, you know, and that we learned from Rachel Hollis, who's, you know, a big speaker in this space. And there were several other, you know, uh, figures in this space that talk about goal setting and making smart goals. Um, but I, I write them down as if they're already happened because it really does trigger something in my brain to say, that, okay, I'm already that person. I have already reached those goals. And there's something that you will feel, or you will start thinking in your brain to say, okay, I'm going to start acting like that. If I've already done those goals, I'm going to start acting like that. So it's all about, you know, the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you encourage yourself, the goals that you're setting for yourself and what you're reaching for. And I think it's so interesting because we've used the same journal over time. And if you go back, I have all of mine. And mm -hmm. if you go back, and this ties back into your vision uh, for, of successful change over time. If you, if I go back and look, and I did this recently at my journal from like two years ago, even two, it's not that long ago. The things I'm writing down now are totally different from the things I was writing then. And that's only two years ago. So, you know, it's important, I think, to wrap this up today, it's important to understand and accept, even though it can be hard to accept, it can be a struggle, that the vision of what success looks like for you might change over time, your circumstances change over time, and that's okay right? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Even though it's a struggle, I've been going through it since I started practicing law when I was 25. I'm don't even want to say it, but in January, I will be 45, which is kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, for 20 years, it's evolved over that period of time. But for any of you that are struggling with this out there today, you're not alone. 
Amy and I both, you know, have struggled with it. And I'm sure as time goes on and our firm develops, we'll continue to have, you know, struggles in this area. But right. the important part is, is that you set those goals, set your vision, um, do what you need to do to achieve them and um, understand that it will change over time. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. Um, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Be the CEO of Your Life and Business podcast. If you have not already done so, be sure to leave us a rating and review so that we can reach even more businesswomen just like you. We will see you again next Monday for a brand new episode.